Hey everybody, St. Paul Peterson here. Man, have we got a great episode coming up. Dr. Steve Cole is next on Music on the Run. Yeah. Before we get started here, do me a favor. Wherever you got this podcast, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you have time and like what you're hearing, make sure you write a review. It really helps us get the word out so we can have a lot more people coming to the party. Hey everybody, I'm St. Paul Peterson. Prince gave me that nickname, and I've been lucky enough to tour with people like the Steve Miller Band, Kenny Loggins, Peter Frampton, Donnie Osmond, to name a few. And when I'm not playing music, I love to run. And this is a podcast about how we stay healthy on the road, physically, mentally, and with our families. Welcome to Music on the Run. Hey everybody, St. Paul Peterson here, and welcome to episode 58 of Music on the Run. Yeah, it's been a month and a half since I've done, oh no, maybe two months, is that what it's been since I did a podcast? June was just a little crazy. I put out a brand new record, so did that. Did a couple of gigs, one in LA and one here in Minneapolis, but if you haven't gotten the record... Go get Break On Free by St. Paul Peterson. That's, am I sponsoring my own podcast now? Yeah. That's basically what I'm doing. So that's why I didn't get a podcast. So the last one we did was with members of Earth, Wind & Fire. And today, we're going to have a great time with a good buddy of mine. Um, he's been signed to major labels since 1998. Has sold hundreds of thousands of records, or so the bio says. Tens and tens of records. Tens and tens of so records. Tens and tens of records, man. And more importantly, has hundreds of thousands of streams, and I do want to talk to you about that. And he's the head of music industry studies and a teaching fellow in the Schultz School of Entrepreneurialship. You know, I can't even pronounce it. You're laughing. Yeah. Well, I know, because you're, you, I love the words that you invent. I'm, I'm making a whole, a whole book. <laughs> I went through his bio and I'm like, I can't pronounce that. Hmm. Okay, I made so it, I made it purposefully so difficult yeah. for you. Just yeah. you <laughs> strung did. together syllables that are meaningless. Do you like that? Did I say it correctly that, that time? At the University of St. Thomas, please yes. welcome Dr. Steve Cole. Hello. How, Hi, thank Paul. you. Hi, brother man. How are you? I'm fantastic. Now, so first of all, uh, I, I have a, a point of order here. So you, okay. the, the last podcast you do is with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and yeah. then it's me. Yeah. That's that's like following a guitar solo. It's like <laughs> it's like it's Earth Wind and Fire and then Steve Cole. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. No, I think okay. We, I think we're gonna have some fun today. I, yeah, I you're agree. familiar with this room. I am. I am familiar with this room. I've spent many days and nights in this room. Yeah, made we're, records in this room. By the way, for those of you who are not watching this, we are sitting at Creation Audio. We're actually doing an in-person video. Video? Podcast. Will you help me, Davide, for crying out loud? We're doing an in we're doing we're doing an I'm always on my own. We're doing an in-person podcast today with Mr. Doctor, Mr. Doctor. With Mr. Just Doctor. Mr. Doctor is fine. Can or Doctor Mr. May I call you Mr. Doctor? You can call me Mr. Doctor Mr. Mr. Doctor Can I talk to no, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are at Creation Audio here in downtown Minneapolis, and actually, I took your spot in this room. You, After you I were, took your spot in this room. That's true. So we kind of swapped spots. Right. Mr. Doctor. You Mr. were out. I was home. I was out. You were home. And then I just, you know, no, no one ever invited me back. So. <laughs> You're always welcome to come back here. I know. You guys are awesome. So what records did you make in this room? You remember? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I made my... Um, 
my Pulse record in this room, which is a few records ago. I made... Um, I played on one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Was that and, one? And I think Turn It Up I made in here. And okay. Yeah, yeah. Lot, I mean, tons and tons. Played a lot, lot of saxophone playing went on in that little room over there behind right. the glass. Hmm. Um, great, great place. Great energy. Um, you know, made some of the best music in my life in here. Yeah. yeah. You got a brand new record that just came out. I do, and it did. Well, it came. It, it's newish. <clears throat> okay, it's new-ish. it's not. It's 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 just about a year old. Um, that's new enough. That's new enough. I yeah, so. it's, called, it's called Smoke and Mirrors, and it's my tenth uh, solo release. Yeah, you've been on a lot of major labels. I have. I've been on almost every one of them. <laughs> I, I, I know that one. Uh, started out with Atlantic Records, and then uh, got traded to Warner Brothers. Um, it's like professional baseball. A, a little traded. bit, you know. It's just all the same family, right? Oh, yeah, um, exactly. And then, uh, and then I was on uh, EMI, um, Blue Note, and then. Uh, so I guess Sony was the only one I've never been on. Let's work on that. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good where I am. And now I'm on a, a fabulous label called Mac Avenue, which is uh, a uh, independent label, but has major label talent <laughs> which is really really phenomenal in terms of uh who runs it and the you know management of that label and also the artists other than myself i'm uh honored to be on the same roster with people like christian mcbride and oh wow and you know macy gray and you know jonathan butler and kevin eubanks the yellow jackets so wow. I'm in really good company. They don't they don't actually invite me anywhere. <laughs> I'm actually never in company with them, but like on a website, on we a, are you all, are listed we are on, on the list website. together. Right. So, alphabetical order or are you down the list? Well, C You are alphabetical. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. It all depends. It could have changed. Is there is there still an advantage to actually being on a label? Well, I mean, you know, there's there's no advantage to being on a label for the sake of being on a label, yeah. right? It's like anything else. I mean, these days you don't have to be on one. Um, Anybody can put out a record. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can find an audience on your own, you know, if you can build a community, if you can, you know, if you have if you have great music that. Uh, you can create a, 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 a proposition of value around, right? Yeah. And get people interested, not only in your music, but also in, you know, who you are, what you are, your creative process, you know. Um, you know, you may not need a label for a very, very long time. Um, I think that the reason people, you know, need labels at some point in their career is that they either decide that they, you know, can't or, or don't want to, uh, you know, take that next step on their own, right? So I think a lot of artists are developing their careers on their own. We have all the tools that we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think certain artists get to a certain level where they're just like, okay, you know what? This is the, I, this is kind of a real thing here. Um, you know, do I have the expertise? Do I have the network? Do I have the, you know, the patience and tolerance for creating an organization myself to take it to the next level? Or is there an opportunity to affiliate with a concern that maybe has been in this business of taking artists from, you know, where they are to where maybe they should be? Um, 
And, uh, you know, is that a good move for me? But really a lot of the, a lot of the power, you know, uh, and influence lies in the artist because frankly, if a record label is interested in you, yeah, that tells you something. <laughs> it tells you that, you know, you're onto something and you should be, you know, it should be a win-win situation. You know, I think a lot of artists have a lot so more. So don't give away your power basically. Yeah. You know, because if they're interested, then that means that there is a partnership to be, to be established as opposed to. The way it used to be where, you know, if you want to reach people, you have to have a label because they're the only ones who are mm-hmm. reaching people. This is before all the stuff that we can do now on our own to reach people. Right. right. And so, we, you know, we had to make deals that were not necessarily in, you know, the artist's favor initially for a number of reasons. One being, you know, what else are you going to do? Right. Uh, the other thing is, is that, you want you know, to be in the game or don't you want to be? Exactly. In the game? You know, and the other thing is that, you know, labels, you know, to their credit, they, they take a lot of entrepreneurial risk. And, Monetarily speaking, yeah, yeah, and so and and you know the failure rate of of new artists mm. is quite high. So I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's all right. Prince made up for it though. They sure did. That's right. he no, made that's, a few dollars for those guys. Absolutely. So me the the mere fact that you can do it by yourself doesn't mean that you should. No, I think I think for every artist, I mean, there, there's no there's no template, right? There's 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 no rule book um, for every artist. It, every every artist is going to evolve along their own trajectory, um, and it makes sense for some. It makes doesn't make sense for others. I know I know people who are very successful in putting together teams of people. But yeah, what were we talking? So yeah, I think. I think that, you know, I, I, I know artists who have been really successful in, you know, putting together uh, a group of people who basically do all the things that record labels do. You know, they, they find people who are willing to work with them in marketing and creative and distribution and strategy, and they're able to do it on their own because we have all the tools to do it. Um, other people are find it more advantageous to kind of align with an organization that's already been doing that, that they, you know kind of a, a more of a turnkey type type of thing and they make a deal with a label and hopefully it works out well do you think young artists are savvy enough to know that giving up a certain percentage of your money is worth it because you know 50 percent of of nothing is is nothing right well you know it, it's interesting I, I think that's why um it's <laughs> i'm not i'm not trying to segue but you're, you're kind of setting it up. I think that's why education and music industry yeah. is so critical, especially these days. So you have this amazing, you know, tool set, right? Mm-hmm. We can communicate all over the world. We can distribute all over the world. We can monetize. We have storefronts. We have all the kind of things that we could never do before. Right. We can, you know, we can do it all. Um, but, you know, with, with great, great, privilege comes great responsibility right oh, yeah and you know i i can't tell you how many how many people i have contacted me and they're just like hey i got contacted by blah 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 they wanted this and i read this content i'm just like oh my god don't they burn this yeah. burn it um because a lot of but people, people get excited though when yeah. they get that oh yeah because like, they get the recognition like someone from you know right. the uk is interested in my mm. track they heard it on soundcloud and and I think, you know, because we have so many people and we have so much uh, capability, I think that the education in the music industry, uh, how, you know, what, what, what constitutes your work, what constitutes your content, how do you protect it, um, how, do you, how do you find your value, how do you create your own communities, you know, all of the things that 
you know, frankly, you know, kind of, you know, record labels did for artists mm-hmm. in the past, traditionally, those who were, you know, lucky enough to find their way into that infrastructure. Well, um, you know, I, I think I think that, you know, really understanding, you know, what your opportunities are, uh, how to protect yourself, how to capitalize an opportunity, how to be entrepreneurial, treat your career like like it is a business. Um and all of the little you know, idiosyncrasies of the music industry, and there are many of them, um, I think it's really critical for, for, especially at this point, for people to understand those things so they can uh, craft a, a career forward um, deliberately um, and strategically. It must be an unbelievable advantage to have you at St. Thomas teaching the stuff that you're actually living as well. I mean, you, you did you create this course? At St. Thomas? Well, no, the, the degree was, was predates me. Okay. Um, and I was brought on about 10 years ago to kind of grow the program because the people that started it really were very forward thinking. And they saw the writing on the wall. They, right. they, they saw how this, uh, this industry was, was evolving. And, you know, they knew that there was demand for this kind of education and a need for it. So, um, yeah, it's a whole BA. It's a, it's a kind of interdisciplinary degree. There's aspects of music, aspects of just business, business from the yeah. Opus College of Business at St. Yeah. Thomas. And then we kind of bring it all together in a, a curriculum of music industry study where we do everything from kind of understanding, you know, what the industry is and all of its different sectors and all of their kind of interdependencies. Um, but also really quickly move into experiential work, design thinking, um, you know, working with clients to try to understand how to address real business challenges in the music industry. Uh, so it's really, really fabulous. And, and to tell you the truth, the way I, I win really big is that my students teach me shh, way more. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that from when I right? was teaching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you, they, they, their, their questions are so insightful and they're, you know, uh, they're inspired and they're curious, and you know, it's just like the more they ask, the hungrier they are. And they're they focused are, the, too. Yeah, they're absolutely. focused on doing what they need to do to to right. succeed. They're hungry. Yep. And the cool thing is that they're also like really kind of encouraged by. I mean, the creator economy is you know a hundred billion strong and growing. Yeah. And I don't think we've even scratched the surface of the opportunity um, in music in this kind of broader creator economy. So. Um, you know, and they're seeing that and they're finding some success and they're finding audiences and they're, you know, through their, they're amazing people to be around. I wasn't planning on having this all about business, but this is fascinating. Well, for it me. could be about anything you want, man. The music business has changed dramatically from when I started back in 1983. <laughs> you and me both, <laughs> but so they've kind of hidden the money. It's not gone necessarily, but it's. You know, there's that book, and I can't remember the name of the author, but Who Hid My Cheese or something. Oh, yeah, right, right. right? Yeah. So they've been hiding the money in different aspects. How do you, and whose responsibility do you think it is for these kids to learn to monetize their art? Do you think that there is a new platform coming out? Is there something around the corner? Is it NFTs? Is it streaming? How do you monetize art, especially in the music business, in 2022 yeah well you know the it, it, that's a that's a big question it's a complicated one um yeah there you know all the money go the, the, yeah well, well the money's still there it's just in different places right you know 
Um, What's the, the game? What's the new game? I think the new game, honestly, that if you really want to cut to the chase, yeah. get people to pay you directly. Market directly to your audience. We have so many different vehicles that enable us to do that. Market uh, what? Market your music, market your content, market your personality, market your creative process, market your merch, market your... Hmm. You know, we're, we, 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 we've only, you know, listen, uh, formats like First Artist Share, which was like one of, one of the very, very first crowdfunding platforms, mm-hmm. you know, that for musicians, and then Kickstarter, and then Indiegogo, Legend and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, right. What we learned from them was that there's way, way more money on the table than just a $15 CD back in the day or $9, you know, download from mm-hmm. uh, you know, iTunes back in the day. Right. There's way more money because people are, are willing to pay for content. And then we see you know, platforms like Patreon where, you know, artists have been, you know, many artists. We love Patreon here. We love right? our patrons at Patreon here at Music well, on the Run. Go. Anyway, so, exactly. you know, you're, you're able to yeah. kind of, you know, uh, create a value exchange with right. your audience, right? Uh, you give them great content. They give you their support. They give you their insights. They help you kind of even, you know, develop, and, you know, and curate the content that you do. You learn from them. You speak. And, and here's another thing. And I'm, now I'm all over the freaking yeah, place. It's good. It's good. We like this. This is perfect for when somebody's when, jogging or running around. Right. So, be, so when when you know we as we as musicians don't often take advantage of the resources that are right in front of our noses, right? Such as? Well, okay, let's say you have a, uh, let's, say, let's say you have, you know, a, a thousand people who are following you in some legitimate way, not just like a low stakes like or something, but mm-hmm. like maybe you have, maybe it's five, maybe it's a hundred. Let's, let's, let's make it 50. Okay. Okay. 50 people who are, you know them, they're following you, you're, you're exchanging content and they're, maybe they're supporting you with just promotion. Maybe they're supporting you with, with money, uh, whether, you know, it being a Kickstarter or something like that. Well, you know, we're on the business of designing experiences for people. That's what we do as artists, right? We, we, we take what we do, we take what inspires us and we put it out into the world and we, we hope to create a good experience whether right. it's music to listen to passively, actively, or whether it's, uh, you know, a live performance. Well, um, how about using those 50 people to inform what you do next? How about having some really, really deep and empathetic conversations with those fans to truly understand what is it about this relationship that makes this relationship important to you? What is it about what I do and what we do together that keeps you involved in this? Back coming back, you know, day after day, Why week after week, project still after here, project. right? Yeah. And you know, because we we often you know don't really develop a deep enough empathy with our our fans or our users or our customers, right? Right. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's so much to learn by having more profound conversations to truly understand what is it that's going on here? What are you, how, how does this fulfill a need? And then how can I learn from the insights that I gain from talking to my audience to develop more content that is going to maybe, in, you know, expand the tent, right. so to speak, to find Grow more the people, business, right? yes, find more people. Because, you know, you know, Simon Sinek famously said, in a TED Talk and subsequent books, you know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Mm. And, you know, 
I think that, and, and, and there's a very long tradition of human-centered design and design thinking that really is to start with empathy. Start with em- empathy. Understand your audience. Talk to them. Learn. Go beneath the surface. Understand what's the deeper meaning for them about what you do or what you intend to do, et cetera. And we don't do that enough. And so one of the right. things that I think is really uh, an opportunity is to, is to have more conversations with our supporters to truly understand what motivates them and to use that insight to continue to put content out there that is meaningful to people, you know, whatever that, whatever that is, you know, it's different for every artist, different mm-hmm. for every artist and their community. It could be Facebook. It could be Instagram. It could be TikTok. You're talking about an actual back and forth conversation doesn't have to be talking at them. No. It could be talking with them. Yeah, it could. Or through it, Patreon or whatever could, your it, format it, it, is. Hey, you know what? How about, how about you know, do, a, do a, a, a little contest, you know, give away some, some merch and say, hey, you know what? The, the winners of this, you know, I don't know, maybe you want some input from them on something. You know? Right. Do a Zoom call. Right. Get, get five, ten people on there. Talk about, or, you know, even one-on-one, you know. You know, products and services companies do it all the time. True. Right? Uh, so why... why They're much is, better at communicating with their customers than musicians right? are. Right. So why, are, why don't we do that? Like, why, why are we so special that we can't do a focus group? I think or, there's always been a disconnect between being an artist and being a businessman. Some people can do both. Mm-hmm. Some people cannot do both. It's right. necessary to be able to do both. In the climate that we're in, don't you think? Absolutely, I think it's critical. I don't, you know, unless you how know, else listen, are you going to survive? There are still people who get signed to labels, you know. Like there are still people who are like, holy crap, you're a triple threat. You're, you know, amazing singer. You're blah 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 blah. You're okay. Done what deal, are the percentages of that though? Like a, you know, a tenth of a tenth of a tenth. <laughs> right. 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 For the rest of us, you know, we we've 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 got to you know make our markets, and and we have to learn, you know. One of the things I do with my students is I, I try to get their, their, their nose out of the music business and look around at other industries to find inspiration. Um, hmm. You know, we, we look at a lot of different companies to look at, like, you know, different marketing, like cultural marketing, storytelling, how to, you know, how, how, how to, uh, you know, position an artist as, you know, in a, in a cultural conversation. Um, not just kind of this, you know, unilateral, like, here's my music, give me applause. Here's my music, give me applause. Yeah, here's Very a post. one-sided. Yeah. Give me a like. <laughs> you know and that's what it boils down to yeah so you're asking them to look beyond that yeah the more we understand our audience the more we're able to uh create more profound uh and 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 informed experiences for them i think the more followers we're going to get the more successful we're going to be um and it's tough but i think you know that's the one thing that stands the test of of time with regard to change right so the music you started out the conversation with the music industry has changed fundamentally since 1983, right? But you know what? Oh, yeah. Um, but but the one thing that hasn't changed is that there's still artists and there's still audiences, right? And we're still trying to come together for each other's benefit. And so if we focus on empathy, if we focus on always trying to understand what do, what do, what do, what do my fans want what, and not not you know because a lot of people are going to be like well hey man you you're an artist you can't just be like hey man you're like what do you want okay i want you to do a country record well i'm not a country artist right but i doubt they're going to a they're not going to say that to you right within reason right but within reason of right. course but it's just kind of like i want like what this relationship is important to me i know why it's important to me why is it important to you and what can we do together 
hmm. to to design even better experiences that bring more people into this community that we're building. So there is a vital music business happening because a lot of the folks that I've interviewed are, are not as excited about the music business as you are. Because, but you see the these twenty somethings. And you get that energy from them. Absolutely. Because I see them doing right. miraculous things. Wow. I have, I have students and former students who are blowing my mind with their just their brilliance and mm. their success they're finding. And just the belief that they have in themselves that like, yeah, I could totally do this. Right. You know, no one is, you know, it's like no one's telling you no. So why wouldn't you? So you're giving them little nuggets of information and kind of showing the ways of, of different how different businesses work, how the biz, how the music business used to work, how the future music business could work, um, cultural things in, in, in their you're actually what you're doing is you're inspiring them to explore well, on know, their own. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have I have experience and I have a background in, in business as well. Right. So it's you know before you I, went and did your solar records, you were doing a lot of finance right. stuff. Right? Yeah. So you know, I found a way to really kind of put it together to help students kind of find their own their own path to 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 try to inspire them to to you know expand the their 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 field of view of what's possible for them because the, the, one of the one of the toughest things to do with especially young artists. Or, you know, potential entrepreneurs and creative enterprise is to uh, break them of the habit of relying on assumptions that are no longer valid about Whoa. themselves, right? Or the industry, for that matter. Right. Like you know, I, I you know, I remember you know thinking to myself forever. You know, it's like I'm not a songwriter. I, mean, I, I don't write songs. I can't write songs. I'm not like I hear people writing original music. I'm like I can never do that. Yeah. Until one day in my 30s. Not mm. kidding. It was like one of those make or break moments. It's like, do I want to be an artist or do I want to, you know, be a, you know, behind the artists, right? Right. And uh, and I wanted to be an artist, so I I just decided one day that I was going to try and write music. Wow. And, In your thirties? Yeah. Well, maybe late twenties. Yeah. Early thirties. Yeah. And 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 I I, you know, very uh, gingerly kind of let some of my friends hear it and. Mm -hmm. They thought they told, told me the truth. They said, you know, it, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you gave yourself permission to, to do it. And then, and then that, yeah. And yeah. then I did it some more. And then I did it right, some more. Yeah. And then I did it some more. And then I actually, you know, of wrote course. a song that somebody liked. And, and then, you know, uh, they recorded it on, on a record. And, and I was like, holy crap, I wrote a song and then it's on a record now. And but I would have never yeah, thought that about right. myself. And you're giving these students the permission to excuse those old Exactly. Tapes. It's just like, like like all the things you think that you're not capable of, prove it. Yeah. Right? Because so much of what we believe about ourselves well, has- I'm going to write some of this down. Hold on. This is good for my <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a lyricist. Just cross that out. See yeah. there? Um, it's true. I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, who told you? I suffer from that myself. I told myself that. No one right, else told exactly me that. Exactly right. Exactly right. Or maybe someone, maybe someone, some some person who you held in a position of authority yes. at some point in your life uh, that is an irrelevant part of your life now mm -hmm. uh, told you that or something, and you it just stuck. And so many, and so. You the, suck. The you big, suck at like, writing lyrics. Yeah, whatever. And that, and or maybe, maybe your English teacher back when you were in second grade was like, you're not a poet, Paul Peterson. We're going to take a little break from the interview right now because I want to tell you about a couple of really cool things. 
First of all, we're having so much fun with our weekly one-minute funk jams called Funk Friday. We've had so many world-class musicians on Funk Friday, including members of the Steve Miller Band, Fleetwood Mac, Daryl Hall and John Oates, Earth, Wind and Fire, just to name a few. You can check that out on all of our social media, but you can also see it on our YouTube channel. I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of our members who have supported us on Patreon. Don't know what Patreon is? Go to www.patreon.com forward slash music on the run podcast and there you'll get all sorts of information on how you can financially help us produce this podcast there are all kinds of incentives listed there on the website and there are many different levels on how you can become involved we could not put on this podcast without our patrons all right let's get back to the interview you're not a poet, Paul Peterson. Yeah, right. And that stuff sticks with you. So one of the biggest things that we do, and I teach a class really early on, is all about, okay, uh, we're going to unpack all of our assumptions and we're going to evaluate them for validity because you are who you are now and you are not who you are were then. Right. And so we first of all, we need to expand your, your whole scope of possibility. And then let's proceed from a more accurate uh, perspective Whoa. of what you're likely capable of versus your deprogramming. Well, I know. Sort of. No, I'm you just, are though. No, it's I'm just I'm just asking them to think critically. To think critically and they must not eat take that up, not they take must things like, for granted. What a freedom you're giving them though. Well, at first it could be really kind of off-putting. Oh yeah. It's hard to think about yourself. I mean, I asked them to do this this really cool project called What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And I asked them to suspend all notion of failure. Wow. And I can't tell you how hard it is for people because, you know, I ask them, they come up with a thing, we do this whole workshop. And then kind of in the middle of it, I'm like, how many people at this point after sharing, because they, they share with one another right. what their, their no-fail goal would be. I said, how many people are still hedging? How many people have not really written down what they really would do if they knew they couldn't fail. How many people had trouble suspending the notion of failure? And it's not all, but a significant number of, sure. of people. So even when you're sitting by yourself alone, no one's watching, you get to do whatever you want, and still we hold ourselves back. So I think one of the biggest things that we can do um, for young artists and young entrepreneurs in the music and entertainment space is to, uh, is to help them first find, find their, 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 their potential yeah. and, then give them, and then give them the tools to, to really um, you know, activate it. No wonder you're a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this is fascinating. I was gonna, we were going to talk music this whole time, but we're gonna, no, I'm going to shift it to playing because you yeah let's do that i play music but that, all of that is so fascinating and it's so important for my listeners to understand the importance of music education because i've told them before we've done fundraisers for the uh like funk friday 100 who you've been a part of the funk friday series yeah. raising money for the peterson family scholarship and jazz studies at the university of minnesota is it valid? Is it important? Is it, is it, should we be spending our money on things like that? Well, you just got about a 25-minute <laughs> soliloquy on, on why music ed education is important and how we should support our youth in whatever art form there is. So that's really, really cool. And uh, it's been fun to do a couple of the uh, 
uh, some some appearances in your classes. Yeah, too. that's been really fun. It's been especially really during cool. COVID. It's like, hey, Paul, can you hop on a Zoom? I'm like, yep. I know, right? You can commute yeah. to a yeah. guest speaking gig in like you know a second. Yeah. Like, true. there's Paul. Yeah, but it was really cool. They had some amazing questions for you. Your career is all is just you know so fascinating, and, and and they know you, and they're curious, and and you have a lot a lot to share. It was really one of the one of the coolest kind of experiences they had that semester when you popped in that was fun and then i've been working with some of your students that's right yeah come on and been uh interns for me here at music on the run jake was one of them yep mm-hmm. and he's gone on and we're doing more stuff together and he's he's a really talented guy and he's doing some stuff for you yeah this weekend well, let's talk about the gig that we're let's doing let's talk about the gig man so you haven't played in a while. <laughs> so what's up with that? Why aren't you playing? Oh, COVID man. is over. Didn't you hear COVID is over? I, yeah, right. Uh-huh. COVID is not over. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. Okay. Uh, touring is, let's put it this way. Touring is back on. Touring and is you're back. not there. I'm not there, no. So why are we doing? why are we doing this gig? It's just, tell me what's going on with you. Well, so my last, my last show is February 13th, 2020. Right before. <laughs> right before. I, I got home and then, like, you know, the curtain dropped, right? Oof. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've been on the, I've been on the road, as, as you have, for decades, yeah. you know. And um, I really, you know, I'm, I'm locked in my house with my wife and my dogs. <laughs> yeah. Did <laughs> you, wait, did you like that? Did you? I, I didn't want to leave. Okay. It was because I experienced the same. Oh my god! Thing, it was like we'd never had a break. And you know what? We we had a we had a big a big you know kind of uh, health scare with 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 you know uh, with my wife you know a few years ago and right. you know if that doesn't put you in the moment uh, you know nothing will. And so um, even even a couple of, I mean a couple of years before COVID right like, right and and that was one of those situations where I was just like you know what man you, you really gotta. You got to be in the moment. You got to think about what really feeds you. Yeah. And, um, but we're on this merry-go-round. We're on this, you know, we're doing what we do. And because why? Because we do it, right? Right. And we love it. And I love performing. And I love yep. people. And, um, but we, you know, we, we got locked in together and just, <laughs> just realized just how amazing my, my life is at home and, yeah. and, and how much I missed by being gone so much. Right. And so, you know, it wasn't, and you know, I made a record over COVID. I made a whole, right. you know, it's not like I was like so not, not creative, yeah, right? right? For sure. Um, and it, that was even more fascinating because I got to, I got to, you know, work with musicians I would never get to work with because mm-hmm. they're always on the road. They're always right. gone, right. you know? Right, right, right. Um, and here they are all home. It's like, hey, man, could you, like, holy crap. I could work. Yeah. Um, Kind of like Funk Friday. I call Come, people that I, they're my idols. And I'm like, can you play? And they're like, yes. I'm right. Like, Did he just say yes? Well, I think it's, it's a, a lot because they want to, you know, of the respect they have for you. They want to play a, no, they really want to play a one minute piece of They want to play a one minute piece of music <laughs> that they have to videotape. <laughs> yeah. We've or had a few people who don't want to do the video portion, but we've worked it out. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so you made a record over. So I'm married, but, yeah. but I really, you know, and, and you know what also is just like, you know, all I'm, all I'm hearing about is like, you know, okay, uh, the airlines are crazy. Yep. Uh, people are crazy on the airlines. Uh, airlines are, you know, the airfares are just ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like, man, do I, maybe I'll just kind of, you know, chill and work on some other things. Yep. Um, and still, you know, 
I've been doing a lot of classical playing. That's a whole other area of my world that I'm really kind of starting to focus back in. Um, but I, I still love playing my music. I still like writing my music and I will get back on the road. It's just, yeah. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't one of the first ones just to, you know, run back, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I'm doing it in a very measured and very deliberate way. Um, where I know that I'm going to be as you know excited as and, and inspired as I need to be in order to deliver a great uh, a, a, a great show, um, and uh, you know where it, it 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 feels good to do it. So it's not like I'm off the road. I'm just kind of like not on the road, extending my hiatus for a while. Yeah, and I know people are calling you going, Steve, come on out, come on out, and you'll go out when Absolutely. You're ready. I mean, we're already talking about some stuff, but it's not I'm not going out for the sake of going out. Yeah. That's you a know, luxury though. I want I want really I, that's a luxury, I, I believe, because some people are like, I, I have to go out. Right. I have to go out. But you know what, it's really interesting, you know, and and it's hard. It's hard because as 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 musicians, we want to play. That's why we do it. We want we want to perform, right? And um, sometimes to our detriment. Sometimes to our detriment. Sometimes you say yes to a lot of things, and other times, you know, there are people who convince you to say yes to things that you shouldn't say yes to mm. because maybe it might not be in your interest to do it, but it certainly is in theirs <laughs> for you to do it. And so they yes. convince you yeah. of these things that you may not be true about, you know, what you should be able to do and what you should be able to not do. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, one of the things we talk about and I talk about with young, you know, young artists that I work with is just, yes, you know, there is a time in your life where there is a such thing as say, you know, you don't get to say no to a gig. Right. Because, you know, a lot of the magical things happen on gigs that you wouldn't have ordinarily done because maybe you're tired or maybe you had a date right. or maybe you had a thing to do and you said or yes. Or someone was there that you had no idea was going to be there and it led to something That's else. That's exactly, and it happened to me. It happened to me. It happened to what? me. Tell the story. Okay, so, you know, your 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 friend and mine, Richard Patterson, another yes, great phenomenal bass musician, great bass player. Who's been very good to me. He let me sub with David Sanborn, let me sub with Boss Keg. So, hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. I love you, Richard. Anyway, so I want to tell you this. So this really quick story. I was young. It was it was in the nineties and in uh, Chicago. In Chicago, it was in the, I think the late no, the, like the mid nineties. I was just starting to kind of you know get on the scene a little bit, and I got a call from uh, a singer, and she was playing a gig. It, it was on a Sunday night. It was late. I would have to drive for over an hour, and it was freezing rain. Everything okay. in your body says no. I'm in my apartment. I got a pizza. Yeah. You know, right. it's warm. Yeah. The pizza or the apartment? Both, surprisingly <laughs> enough. Yes. Nice. And I remember, you know, someone, thankfully, in my life saying, you know, you don't get to say no to a gig right now. Right. And so I said, yeah. And, and the money was, you know what? It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Right. <laughs> you know, right. especially if I would have like spun out in the middle of the expressway. And, True. But I went and did the gig. And I'm I'm getting set up and I'm you know looking over and I'm like that looks familiar, that looks familiar. No, no way, that's that guy. And uh, it turns out uh, Richard Patterson was on that gig. Why was he on that gig? Because the the singer was a dear friend of his. Right. And when he's in town and she had a gig, he always it just they they were friends forever and he would always just 
play play the gig, right? Right. And the musicians were phenomenal. There's no, I mean, it wasn't like some lame gig. It was phenomenal musicians. So after I got there, I was like, I'm really glad I took this gig. A, because these musicians are really good and this is a lot of fun. And right. two, I met Richard. And Richard was with the Miles Davis band at the time and and uh and later on he when 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 you know miles had passed and he you know was back home he asked me to play in in a band that he was putting together and all eyes were on richard i mean he had just gotten back from miles davis yeah. and he was about to go back out with uh david sanborn mm -hmm. and me, him bringing me into his circle was huge for right. my career right um and it would never have happened unless you never on the icy roads yeah if I would have said no, I mean, who knows, maybe, but there is definitely a through line to the circle that I was kind of embraced by uh, through Richard and, and the musicians in his circle and a lot of the opportunities that I had that led me to a lot of the things I was able to do on my own later. So, you know, yes, you know, there is a certain point in your life where you just say yes, do the gig, shut up, yeah. learn, grow. If it's a disaster, good. Yeah. Learn from it. Figure out something. There's some. There's always something that you're going to learn from that gig. Mm -hmm. At a certain level, though, then you have to start to transition into saying, okay, I know why I'm doing this. I know the purpose for this. I know where this fits into the overall strategy of what I want to accomplish. And if things start to stagnate, you know, it, it, it's time to reevaluate and, and really, and th there was a, my dad was a musician and clarinet player, right? Clarinet player and saxophone player okay. and had a band. And, you know, he, he, he was always commenting like there were certain band leaders who were like, they were always doing the bigger gigs, the more money. And, you mm. know, and one day he's, you know, at the same, you know, whatever, like a uh, big hotel in Chicago, right? They're both doing weddings, right? In big elaborate sure. things. And he's in one room and there's this other guy in another room who makes, way more gigs way more money and, and my dad's like frank how do you do it i mean we're in the same hotel we're doing the same thing and frank said to my dad he said you know what because sometimes i say no right <laughs> how much power is in the word no and, and sometimes yeah. it's not because you necessarily have power i mean it's not like you know everyone's independently wealthy and you can just mm -hmm. say no because you know i don't need no sometimes Sometimes it's, you know, it's just, it's just knowing who you are, realistically understanding right. what your value is um, and, and saying, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna maybe take a short term sacrifice to build my value to, and, and you have to, you have to back it up, right? right? You have to back it up with the goods, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's, sometimes you just got to say, you know what, I think that I'm worth more than that because x y and z right not only artistically but also here are the here are the metrics right here's the data, data back it up with data you know um and uh and here's what i'm willing to do that maybe other artists aren't willing to do in terms of the business side the marketing side partnership promoting social right. media presence uh you know your 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 overall marketing reach and what you're willing to do and how you've developed that over time and there needs to be that differentiation. And I think some artists need to kick back and say, you know what, I'm worth this. And if not, you know, I'm, I'm okay sitting out a couple of gigs. Right. You know, it's tough. Yeah. It's a really, it's a, it's, it's. Where's that line between yes and no? Exactly. Especially because then 
you bring back in, well, I want to play. And what if I, right. you know, but we're so afraid, like if we say no to one gig, we'll never get another one. What is that? I don't know. And some of it, some of it are other people who are, you know, honestly, the people that sometimes the people that represent us are the ones who want us to think that way. Mm. Right? Because you're for, not going to get asked back, Steve. Right. Or yeah, like, well, you know, you know, you know, because, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, and, and I think that one of the things that, that, that creatives need to understand is like, everyone has a business model. And there's, it's like a, a Venn diagram. You know, we, yeah. we, we have intersections, you know, where our, where our, our ends are, 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 you know, congruent. But then there's also this space where like, you know, your game and my game don't really meet up. Hmm. So let's focus on this, right? But we also have to know that there's this out there. Right. So if someone's telling you, hey, you're only worth that, you know, I can book you as this, uh, you should do it because, you know, if you don't, then someone, and you know that, and you have really, you know, good reason to believe that, like, I don't, I don't think that's okay. Then it should, you, you should be known that it's not okay. That it's not okay. Yeah, speak up you for know? yourself. Because you know, it's it's like the low hanging fruit. People people want to do volume. You know, it, it, you know, developing artists is difficult. Right. Um, and I think that you know, a lot of times artists just kind of believe what they're told, and they don't have all the facts, and they're not taking you know in, into account some of the things that that are more valuable that they bring to the table that could you know be brought to bear not again it's it's not an if, invitation for all artists to right. be like no i'm not going to do no, that I, again I sometimes wonder, it's simple math i wonder right? if that just comes with age in, in a little salt and pepper knowing your your value mm -hmm. i think that could be part of it and learning to know when to call bs right but also knowing when to be humble and know and know right. knowing when when the numbers are just listen. If you're going to play a, a a club, if you want to play a club with seventy five seats, you know it's going to be five bucks. It, you know the in the in the, in the, in the in five the, bucks a man. You know you, you, yeah. you're, okay. So so if you want to make if you want to make seventy five hundred dollars, yeah, you have to charge over a hundred dollars a seat. That's right. Okay, are you at that point? Right. <laughs> so don't walk into a 75-seater and think, hey, where's my money? Right, right, right. Because it's just the math, mm. right? Um, now, you know, should you be playing a 75-seater? Maybe. Because, I mean, and it's, there's, like I said, there's no right answer. Right. It's just everyone's individual experience looking at it both from a, a micro perspective of what's going on right now and a macro perspective, what am I trying to achieve? How, how are these different things that I'm doing articulated in such a way as to lead to a career progression that's deliberate, that's, you know, actionable, that's, you know, uh, that, that's what you want, so. Let's take it back to Chicago real okay. quick. Yeah, let's do it. So you grew up in a musical family. I did. Right? Mm-hmm. What brought you? I mean, we're skipping a lot here, like your whole childhood. It's How okay. You, right? <laughs> <laughs> what brought you to Minneapolis? I have to, if I wanted to talk about my childhood, I have to start paying you like $250 an hour. <laughs> it's actually 300 but who's counting? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's what brought you to Minnie? Why are you my in wife, Minneapolis? My wife brought me to Minneapolis. Is that right? Yeah. I chased her here. <laughs> no kidding. I didn't know that. Yeah. How many years ago did you move here? 12, 12 years ago. God, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. And here you are. Did you? Where were you before St. Thomas? Did you teach at another college? In uh, Columbia College in Chicago. Oh, I was doing much the same thing. I was teaching music industry at Columbia College. And, uh, 
yeah. And then, uh, you know, circumstances as they were. <laughs> Met a girl. It's a, it's and, a love uh, story. And, uh, and she lives here. And, and I was like, okay, I guess I... Was that a hard move for you? It was really hard. I mean... Not I, for the girl, obviously. I left. I left Marlene. Chicago kicking and screaming. Um, Did you? Just because I loved it. I was such a Chicago guy. I yeah. was just like, it was my home. It's where everything was. But you know what, man? Um, it took a minute. You know, Minnesota is not the easiest place to onboard for a new a new entrant. But yeah. uh, I wouldn't live anywhere else now, except for really? maybe Nice. I probably nice would live nice. in Nice. Yeah, nice um, is Nice. It is. Yeah, and I like their salads <laughs> Mr. very much. Doctor, Mister. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I love it here. I absolutely love it here. I think it's one of the most you know amazing cultural and musical and you know educational and whatever places around, except for that you know couple of days in February, which suck pretty bad. But, <laughs> it's I mean, no colder than Chicago. Though. No, it's not. It, there's as a matter of fact, you know, my, my mom still lives in Chicago, and oftentimes it's like, "What's the temperature?" And she's like, "I'm like, ah, it's colder there." No, it is. What's the most pivotal moment in your career? Thus far, do you feel? Wow. That's a really good question. And it's um, a really hard question. It's tough. It's super it's unfair. Tough. I should have sent this in the mail. No, Dominic, I, that's I, your fault. I'm throwing I, I think I can. I think I can answer it. I, I, I think that, you know, they're, they're, everyone's career has a couple of moments with, that, are, that are absolutely pivotal. Um, I think one of them was meeting Richard and, and, and getting a mm. big leg up. Yeah. That set me on a trajectory, definitely. Um, I think... Working with uh, Brian Culbertson early on and being introduced through his music and then our music to Atlantic Records, that was pivotal in, in you know, changing the game for me and giving me an opportunity after many years of trying to mm. you know, find, find a, uh, uh, a relationship with a record label, which at the time, in 1998, was kind of the thing to do. Of course. Um, but if I was to say really what changed my whole outlook on music is when I started teaching uh, teaching students about the industry and about and about music. Um, because through their eyes, I see a whole different industry and a whole different set of opportunities. Um, and also, the, uh, they keep me on my game all the time. So I'm much more observant. Yeah. I'm much more, I have a much more purposeful kind of, practice about what I do and how I do it um, because I know I have such a responsibility mm -hmm. um, to, to, to bring relevant and rigorous content and, right. and, and wisdom and mentorship and opportunity to my students. So I look They're at music. counting on you. Yeah. And, and also I'm counting on them because they, they, they give that energy right back to me. And I look at my music differently. I think about music differently. Uh, I, it, yeah, it's just, you know, um, you know, so just in terms of you know, in terms of my career, yeah, um, and my creativity, I think, I think you know that that's really one of the most pivotal. You know, is when I kind of took myself. I guess what I, what it boils down to is this: when you teach, you're selfless because you're 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 giving. It's a it's a it's a service. Yep. You're you're it's a it's a servant leadership, right? Right. And I think when I stopped thinking so much about myself and started taking myself out of the mm -hmm. spotlight and focusing on others, I, I actually grew much more. Wow. Creatively, my confidence, my sense of purpose. Um, so, yeah. You know, think getting, getting, your, your getting the heck too? over myself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Wow. 
Incredible. Tell us about the gig that's coming up here. Your first show in two, my first show in two and a half years. And thankfully, thankfully, I've I've you know I've been diligently I'm practicing for the you know last great, several man. years. But yeah. um, it's kind of like you know the difference between running on a treadmill and then you know hitting the road, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a little bit different. A little bit different. It's right? a little bit different. But um, I'm thrilled because the 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 band that that you know you put together and that you're. Uh, in, 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 intimately involved in yeah is just literally some of the best musicians i've ever heard <laughs> they're great aren't they right you and know they're such great people it's it's uh, and a full horn section yes so the music is going to actually be played the way it was written with all those beautiful mm-hmm. parts that david mann you know arranged for all this music by the way for shout out years. to david mann what shout an incredible out, right? guy isn't it isn't it isn't it just wonderful playing those arrangements Man, and, and so, hearing those so lines good. and stuff they're so good um so it's music from my new album and all, I, I, I think we're basically kind of touching in some way one of every one of my uh, solo releases. I think, I don't think there's one, well, maybe, I don't, I don't think we're playing any music from Spin, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it next time. Okay. But it's two nights, one show a night. So right. it's a nice, hefty show, mm. powerful. Um, and, and the, you know, the, it's a super band. It is literally a super band. Bunch of people from Minneapolis. It's it's been so much fun. We rehearse at the Peterson family basement too. At the and I got to sign the wall. You got to I sign feel, the I wall. I feel after like ten years in Minneapolis, I'm now somebody. <laughs> yeah. I signed Paul's wall. In the pump room behind the clothes. In the door. pump room, yeah. yes. Not the pump room in Chicago that used to be a thing. It's the, the literally the room with the, with the where, park where in the, it. Yes, that is correct. Yes. That's right. What are you doing next after this? What what are your plans? My plans are hopefully to start a new uh, a new album soon because okay. I'm really kind of inspired to make some new music. Great. Um, I'm also kind of pursuing some uh, other teaching opportunities, just you know, kind of around the world. Um, nice. Just you know, little little you know niece? opportunities to niece? maybe I hope so. Come on. And performance opportunities, both in my music, but also in um, in classical music. Yeah. So I'm really kind of falling back in love with the saxophone as both, yeah. you know, a jazz and kind of contemporary and pop and soul, you know, instrument, but also um, as a as a classical instrument, which is where I started. I started in right. you know uh, you know studying music for classical saxophone with Fred Hemke and you know in Chicago. Full circle. Yeah. Full circle. So how do we find you? SteveCole.com? Um, yes. It's actually not SteveCole.com. SteveCole.com is a wonderful photographer. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's one of those things. Wrong where, again. Yeah. But that's okay. But, we're, you know, he, he, over the years, he's been very good at, at, at forwarding email. Um, it's SteveCole.net. Okay. And then Steve Cole Sachs is, I think, I think that's my Instagram. Okay. Um, and on Facebook and you know all that Twitter stuff. and all that stuff. Man, what a what a pleasure to. Oh my First God, of all, be a, in your band. I, <laughs> I'm in really? your band. No, no, I'm in your band. <laughs> I've had so much fun listening to this great music. You play your butt off. Thank you. You man. are, um, you're a great educator, and it's been fun to witness that portion of it too and everything you said about that is so important and i'm so glad that our listenership got a chance to to hear what is in store for these the next generation of producers businessmen and all that stuff so kudos to you thanks for being on the show thanks for having me it's an honor episode 58 in the books we'll see you next time on music on the run 
Music on the Run was hosted by yours truly, St. Paul Peterson. Edited and produced by my buddy, Davide Razzo. Video editing by Emily Turner. And a very special thanks to the people who financially support this podcast. And remember, the future of the music business is in great hands. Yeah.